straight out of the timeline, right into your ears. I'm Bell. I'm Kyle. And Will is missing yet again. And this is Legends TV Talk. All right, Mr. Kyle, how are you doing this week? I'm I'm doing well. Um, you know, uh, Wisconsin is terrible with their weather. Uh, yeah. Last week, last weekend, it was. Uh, or I think it was last weekend. I I don't know. Quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's last couple weekends. It's been like seventy, and then this weekend, it's been cold and it was snowing. I had heard about a polar vortex or something like that coming in, and uh, I was wondering whether or not you would get snow. Um, yeah. It it was it was raining this like this morning when I woke up, and then I'm like, I looked even harder outside, and I'm like, ha. Huh, it's snowing. Yeah. Hey, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 crazy. See, it, it it feels wonderful here today. Uh oh, I bet. Yeah, it's nice and breezy, nice and cool, it's not too hot outside. Um because it's been in the nineties the last couple of days, but but not, been not in today. the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't even fathom that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well I don't want to fathom that because I hate hot Really hot weather. <laughs> yeah, well, you would not like it here. I think, uh, let's see here. I'm going to see what the temperature is right now in Austin, Texas. It's 82 degrees. 82? Okay. I mean, is it humid? Uh, it's, it, it, you know, it, it can be in Austin. Um, it's not as humid as it is in Mississippi where I grew up. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, right now the humidity is 26%, which is tolerable. So Okay. So it's... A- probably good it's probably i'd probably be okay then. yeah it's it's a fantastic like houston is super super humid houston's a lot like mississippi in that regard uh but austin uh can be but i mean usually it's not too terrible um but yeah anyway so uh it's just me and kyle today will uh is doing mother's day stuff as we are recording this on mother's day uh don't forget to call Mm -hmm. your mother i know by the time this episode goes out it'll be too late but you know what it's better late than never exactly (laughs) So, yes, it's going to be me and Kyle today, and we got two episodes as well, so it's going to be a fun one, and I think it's time for a history lesson. And now, gentle listener, it is time for a history lesson on Legends TV Talk. All right, here we go. Uh, Season 5, Episode 9. The Great British Fake-Off, directed by David Geddes and written by Jackie Canino. And uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us what happened this episode? Gladly. Uh, With Sarah recuperating from her latest battle, Charlie starts to notice something might not be right with her. Still searching for the loom, Constantine and Zari find themselves trapped in a 1910 boarding house with a slew of -of out-of-time encores. Meanwhile, Ava, Gary, and Rory take a trip to hell while Nate and Charlie hold down the Wave Rider. All right, in our next episode, we're going to discuss this this uh, this show is season five, episode ten, "Ship Broken," and that one was directed by Andy Armaganian. Yeah, Andy Armaganian, and it was written by James Egan and Mark Bruner. And Kyle, tell us again what happened in this episode. Gladly again, everyone is eager to use the loom of fate, but when the team must decide who they want to bring back first, leaving Charlie to make a tough choice. Sarah struggles to understand what has happened to her, and with the help of Constantine and Ava, they try to figure out how to help her. Meanwhile, Rory has a guest on the ship that he is trying to impress. All right, so we had two vastly different episodes. Uh, (laughs) Very vastly. Uh, Especially because, technically, one was a bottle episode. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and and I wonder if any of this had to do with uh, scheduling disruptions with the COVID shoot. I I, I know you had mentioned it, we were talking it, on Twitter about it had this. nothing. It had nothing to do with the with COVID stuff because at because even before like all all that stuff hit, they were done shooting this. Okay, so they they so, finished before all this stuff happened. So as from what I've from what I've gathered. The only thing that might have been impacted where they've had to like do some editing at home was for the season finale. Okay, okay. So but every but Legends <laughs> Legends and Arrow uh are the only <laughs> Arrowverse shows this oh and Black Lightning are, are the only Arrowverse shows that get full seasons. Okay, okay. Yeah, so then that's great. That means because I know Flash uh, its season finale is next week. That is yep. that is uh May, uh, it's actually this week. This technically this week because Sunday is yeah, the start yeah. of any week. I always forget that. I always think Sunday is the last day. It is not. It is the first day, uh, <laughs> which is weird. But whatever. It's not. I didn't make the calendar. I'm not. Uh, what's his face? Gregor, Gregorian calendar. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So we have. Uh, you said it was three more episodes. Uh, four more after. Well, we have. After Tuesday, we'll have three more. So it's so, four total. So, so four total. Cool. Well, you guys get us for four more weeks. How exciting is that? <laughs> and then we and then we take the longest hiatus ever again. Yeah, I know. It, it, that that's that's another interesting thing is is uh, what is going to happen during this hiatus because you know shooting schedules are all messed up mm-hmm. and and you know who knows. I I don't know. If they're going to come back on time next season, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, I haven't heard anything about them uh, with with their filming schedule, uh, but I know, like for Supergirl, uh, Melissa Benoist uh, is pregnant, so their whole thing was to shoot all the way up. Like they were going to take, they were once they were done filming the season finale for them. They were going to go directly into season six uh, filming. And then once she could get, once there was um, where she couldn't like do it anymore was then I think was like August. They were going to take breaks. Okay. Um, And I don't think they're going to do um, what they did with flash and have uh, the pillow. Yeah. The, <laughs> the uh, uh, gosh, conveniently placed pillow. Conveniently placed pillow. That's it. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I've started that episode and once they got there and by the way, I don't know if it's got, I don't know if it's further on in the episode, but yeah, uh, David Panabaker has already had her child. Yes. Yes. She, um, I saw on Twitter, she was, was talking about that and, uh, she's already had her kid. So, um, there, there won't be impacts from that on flash per se, but again, the, with the whole, you know, pandemic we're facing right now, who knows what's going to happen as far as shooting is concerned for next mm-hmm. season. Maybe we'll have like a Zoom session season where everybody's just <laughs> Please no. I know. Please no. <laughs> it it works with some shows like apparently Parks and Rec and uh Saturday Night Live, but not for these shows. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't quite work for these unless they just did everything in CG or like animated them or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean I know we're I know we're talking still talking well uh, we're like bantering about this and we should get to the episode but <laughs> the blacklist is uh doing their season finale as an animated like they're they're doing it as an 
as animated and not live action. Really? Yeah. So it's all done digitally. Interesting. That's pretty neat. But they, but everyone has like recorded their lines. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so, so I mean, what, what we'll do is, you know, over the hiatus when we get news and stuff like that, we'll probably, you know, conglomerate it all down and, and uh, release a podcast, kind of talk about it uh, when we hear it. So uh, there'll be, there'll probably be a lot to talk about over the hiatus considering all this stuff. So we'll keep you up to date there. And, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's, let's go ahead and uh, get into these episodes. So yeah, like, like we said, two vastly different episodes. We had a bottle episode. We had kind of a plot driven episode. Uh, the beginning of the bottle episode sort of seemed to drive the plot forward with the, uh, you know, the, the, the loom and everything, but then it mm-hmm. quickly stopped. So, uh, why don't you just give me like an overall, uh, kind of impression on, on episode nine and episode 10. Uh, episode nine. I mean, I, I enjoyed because it was a very much Constantine focused episode, and I liked that. Oh, excuse me. Um, I liked where I liked that there was still time travel involved, and I liked how it was just I liked how um, the caretaker, who we find out is someone else at the very end, really didn't care. Really wasn't uh, like. Uh, phased by all of these gunshots and stuff going on gunshots these encores and these weirdly dressed people coming into her coming into the into the place yeah you got you got you know henry the eighth and his regalia and then you have uh brutus and then people in you know uh i guess at the time modern clothing then you had 18th century clothing like it is or 17th century clothing i guess uh yeah, it it was it was interesting because, you know, like you said, this one had time travel, but instead of the legends traveling to the time of the encore, it was the encores traveling to the time of the legends, which wasn't modern time because the spell that John cast got interrupted and so they were back in what, the early nineteen hundreds, I think it was? It was yeah, yeah, nineteen ten. Yeah, nineteen ten. They really didn't I as from what I remember, they didn't really explain how all of these encores got to one place. Yeah, it was like they were going to, and then they're like, you know what, we don't have to, so we can just say the prognosticator's broken, which is exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I guess we don't really have a good way, because hell doesn't really have any good time travel, so we're just going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, and and so another interesting thing about this episode uh, that was, I had a question about, now, at the very beginning, we, we see Charlie, well, when, not Charlie as Charlie, but Charlie as, uh, she's Clothos, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clothos is in ancient Egypt and she's there and she broke the loom apart and she's trying to hide the last piece. Uh, so she gives it to her friend enchantress. Now, is this the Mm -hmm. enchantress? It's, it's the, it is the arrow versus version of the enchantress. Okay. Okay. So then like the, the same character that was in the suicide squad movie, but just the arrow, arrow versus version, right? That is correct. Okay, cool. That's neat. I, didn't it- I know it's it's great having other DC characters in a DC show, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I I had no idea. I figured they'd probably you know come up with some other way to uh you know hide that ring, but and and with this character they introduced, I figured it'd be a new character. Then they said Enchantress, and I was like, oh, crazy! That's that's really neat that they're mm-hmm. you know able to do that. Like I I figured especially with the um because what was it? It was Arrow could- suicides. Oh yeah, go ahead. well yeah yeah. yeah. Like Suicide Squad used her, and with Arrow, they uh, they wouldn't let the Arrow team use certain characters because they wanted to do movies about them, right? Correct. Yeah, and and so I, that's why I was surprised to see this here. But now it seems like they've learned that that audiences aren't dumb and they can differentiate between cinematic movie universes mm-hmm. and television shows. And so this is fantastic. So 
you know, who knows what, what this means for the future for this show, because I think Legends would be a great place to kind of throw in characters here and there that, uh, that fans are familiar with, um, and, and they don't necessarily require a knowledge of DC Comics to really appreciate, right? Because you see, oh, she, she's an enchantress. It's in her name. She made the ring disappear. Right. She cast a spell on it. As someone who doesn't know who Enchantress is, you don't need to know much about her to know, to get why she's there and what she's doing, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, so I think this is awesome. This, this means there's, there could be more opportunities for other characters to come in and, and you know, either make cameo appearances or, uh, uh, you know, do other cool magical things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see, I mean, like, we had, we had the, J, the JSA in Season 2. Yeah, and that was the most most amount of DC characters in one episode, and and then it kind of tapered off afterwards. So I mean, I would like to have, I would like to see them bring in more people, especially now, like with how with what crisis happened. Yeah, you know, I you would think that uh, with Constantine being magical, you know, you have Zatanna. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and her dad and stuff like that, and so you would think that these kind of characters would, would make it in here, but uh, who knows? Maybe unless unless like some higher ups at DC are like, okay, th- we're gonna use these characters. I know we're we all own them, but we're gonna say no to them. Kind of like with Zatanna and like with the the rumored, I think now actually greenlit Justice League Dark show for HBO Max. Oh, okay. I think they might use Zatanna. Yeah, and again, TV and TV versus TV and movies is kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, but still, it's HBO Max versus Arrowverse. Right, people aren't dumb, but I, I don't know. That's it's not my call. It's <laughs> their call, but uh, still, I, I think that opens up some windows for some um, some interesting characters coming in there. So that was pretty cool seeing the Enchantress, um, and it was also pretty cool seeing all these encores on the same spot. You know, we had like we mentioned earlier, uh, Henry the Eighth. I thought was uh, was was awesome. Like. <laughs> I loved his lines. I loved his costumes. You know, this big fat guy. And he's like talking about beheadings as opposed to stabbing people in the back. And, and that, that was kind of neat too. seeing all the encores. Like they kind of know each other, I guess, because mm-hmm. they've all been in hell together and they were comparing uh, the different tortures that they had undergone. <laughs> that was, that was pretty kind of neat. Like who was your favorite of the encores that we had there? I like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, they did. They did really good. Well, as, as well. Clyde? yeah, that was Bonnie and Clyde for sure. Okay. I'm like, well, I say it and it sounds weird, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely Bonnie. No, I, I like them because they're the ones that took everyone out. <laughs> yeah, they were just, you know, because uh, what, uh, Zari shows up as Cleopatra to try to convince them to work together to find the mm-hmm. ring, and Bonnie and Cloud were like, nah, and they just start, <laughs> they just start icing and, people. And, and she was perfect as Cleopatra. Yeah, she did a really good job but, of that. now that I think about it, if everyone knows everyone in hell, and they didn't know who Cleopatra was or what she looked like, that's a big gamble. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Uh, that's kind of a plot hole there that they wouldn't, you mm-hmm. know, or, or maybe maybe they did. and They just were like, whatever, let's roll with it. But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, it was also kind of interesting that the spell that Enchantress put on the ring and that was that it. now the, I've, I've heard this before. This is another kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter. There we go. There we go. Um, the spell that Enchantress put on the ring was you cannot find it if you're looking for it. And mm-hmm. that reminded me so much of it was Harry Potter, right? With the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. You, yes. You can't yes. find it if you want it, right? Correct. Yeah. And so, yeah that that was a that was interesting there. That's a I, I guess that's a probably a, a pretty common trope in in, in magic uh, sort of things. 
But um, yeah, they ended up, which is interesting though, because they Zari and Constantine have this like kind of connection for a second. Um, which yeah, which it's not the first time we've seen that. We saw it when they did Romeo and Juliet. That's also true. I had forgotten about that because mm-hmm. uh, it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so long ago, and it was such like a brief little moment. And, and again, this one was also a brief little moment. And mm-hmm. it feels like are are they trying to set up some kind of like? They're trying to set up a love triangle with Nate, Constantine, and Zari, and I don't want it. <laughs> but hold on, hold on. Is it a love triangle or is it a love rectangle? Because Zari is actually two Zaris, and Nate really loves the other Zari, not hmm. this Zari. Good point. So I think there, there's room in the future for definitely, like, if they split Zari's character out to have, um, you know, Nate fall in love with one and Constantine fall in love with the other. Um, but if they merge them down, then yes, I think we would have a uh, a true triangle, if mm-hmm. you will. But um, so yeah, that that whole thing was pretty neat, and and it's also kind of interesting, right? Where like you know they they have this connection, so the ring pops up because they're not thinking about it. But then once they see it, wouldn't they immediately think about it and it would go away? I that's what I thought. Unless unless you ha- unless you're physically holding it, that's when that spell is broken. Okay. Okay. It, that. That's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, because they really didn't explain it. Yeah. In the show. So, I mean. Or if it's like once it's completely out of your mind, you can see it then from yeah. from that point forward. Like you, you've you lost the desire for it. So it shows up for you. Yeah. Okay. I'll, exactly. Yeah. I'll run with that. So so that was a neat little uh, fun little plot line. And, and you mentioned earlier the um, what do you call her? The person who owns the hotel. Yeah. The, not um, mistress. It's not mistress. It's the boarding house. The, yeah, the, the boarding house lady. Whatever. We'll just call her that. <laughs> so yeah, you, I, I really, I do not remember her name, unfortunately. <laughs> but she, she's a character. Is she a character in Constantine's past, or is she just somebody new? And there's some, some mystery around her that they're, um, that they're that they're weaving in there. I think as soon as they got to the past, Constantine could sense the magic of the enchantress. And he could see through her disguise. So I think he knew right away that it was the Enchantress. Um, okay, so. okay. Yeah, that, that would make sense. And so Enchantress is clearly still meddling here. Mm-hmm. But she appears to be on the side of the Legends. Right, or... Or, yeah, or Charlie's or side. Charlie's side, because she knows that... Um, Atropos? Atropos? No. Yeah. Which which Atropos is which, one of them. Yeah. She starts with a C. Clothos, Cathos? Clothos, Clothos. Yeah. Yeah. So she must so that the so Enchantress when she's disguised must know that Constantine is friends with Charlie or Clothos. Yeah. At the same time. So Yeah, so she's definitely on the the, the side of the legends via Charlie. Which mm-hmm. would make sense, at least for now. At, le- at least for now, uh, we don't know what her motivations are, but they don't, they don't, they don't seem to be malicious or evil. Um, although, uh, from the Suicide movie or Suicide Squad movie, you kind of see that Enchantress is kind of like a. But I, I don't know how much of of a departure from the ca- the comic book character the Suicide Squad version was. So I'm not too familiar with Enchantress, but like her evil, spooky side. Is that just a thing from the movie, or is that actually like a, a comic book adaptation? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I do not know. I 
Uh, the only Enchantress that I really knew anything about was the Enchantress from Thor. Oh, okay. So it it's one of those times where they have two villains-ish that have the same name. Yeah, yeah. In two different properties. Ah, where's Will when you need him? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, well. Well... We'll, we'll we'll move on there, and uh, we'll talk about this little trip to hell that we, the legends found themselves in. Uh, that was that was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Like this, this, this is funny. It's Gary, and I just don't know if I would trust Gary to open a portal to hell. That's just me. I I thought he was gonna screw it up or something. It's but in the end, he did because everyone to get back out of hell, they have to touch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was really interesting to me because like I I thought like you uh, there was going to be some sort of mishap they weren't going to go to hell and there was going to be some sort of like side adventure um, or someone would have been left behind yeah yeah some other kind of drama but the the actual drama there it, it appears was the uh, the fate sisters the two that are not on the legend side and mm-hmm. uh, trying to recruit Astrid to be the third because you know uh, she's been wanting all this power and stuff like that and she has a dominion over hell and they're kind of offering her this ability to be a fate sister and have, you know, pretty much control over the entire universe. And um, it's kind of interesting to me that she chose to go with the legends because Ava was just like, yeah, join us. We have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse of the, hey, come to the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, given given Ava's speech, uh, you know, it was a little fun, little, you know, motivational speech kind of thing. But given that or the ability to like, I don't know, practically be a god. Um, yeah. Doesn't seem like a hard choice. But Astrid joined the Legends um, because I, I, I'm assuming it, it, that it's because of her mother, right? She really wants to get her mother back. And that, and that does make sense. Uh, it is. In that regard. So, so yeah. But then again, Astrid is, is duplicitous and we don't really know her true uh, nature there. And so it'll be interesting. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we speculate uh, about what her... What she what what is she actually gonna do and what what what's that end game gonna be? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's she's been in hell for so long she she kind of hates Constantine. Um, she's not really fans of the legends, so you know who knows where she's gonna go. Um, but yeah, so you know, turns out they 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 get the ring. Um, they they take the trip to hell. They talk to Astrid. They um, recruit her for the ship. And uh, that that's am I missing anything from from episode nine? Um, I mean, Sarah, uh, seems to be fine in the beginning and then loses consciousness and then goes into a coma. Um, and then that's where episode 10 picks up with her waking up. Yes. I presume we probably should talk about Sarah, the main character and leader of the legends. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I mean, when, when they were trying, when they were all holding hands in the seance circle, I'm just going to call it that even though it's not, uh, she was seeing, uh, bits of the future or what or what we now know as bits of the future uh, come to play and then she passed out she went into a coma and that's where we left her um, until until episode 10 when we find out what's actually going on with her yeah so that was interesting right um, she loses her actual sight to gain foresight Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that that that's a pretty classic kind of like trope sort of thing, um, and it's really neat to happen to Sarah because you know the leader of the team not being able to see anything, but being able to see the future like that could that can have some pretty interesting uh, um, results. No, 
interesting yeah. connotations. I don't know. Interesting. Um, gosh, words are hard sometimes. The words are hard. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think it might have been me or either one of us or Will that speculated that because she was able to survive the the blast from a god was because she was a paragon of because she was a paragon. Yeah. And then turns out that's exactly the reason why I feel like, oh, sweet. They actually are continuing on with that thread line from of being a paragon and not just being a one off. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That it was good to see them kind of uh, still hold on to the crisis stuff. Like Fla- mm-hmm. Flash has been doing it a lot this season. And that's really good. I'm really glad um, because that would have been really bad to do this whole awesome crisis storyline. And then just kind of forget about that and, and continue to go back to the same old, same old. And so it's good to see them continuing the crisis stuff and for there actually to be crisis um, problems with the Legends. Because they, mm-hmm. they haven't really seemed to be affected by it too terribly much um, outside of Sarah. <laughs> outside of Sarah and Ray, but Ray... Yeah, but gone. You know, Ray's <laughs> gone now. I guess I guess being a paragon doesn't save him from having to go live a normal life in the suburbs. Um. <laughs> well, him being a Superman... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He wasn't a paragon. He was super, Superman was a paragon. He was, and then Lex took yeah. over. Yeah, stupid Lex. But uh, but yeah, uh, actually, actually, no. Lex is really great in Supergirl. I uh, yeah, John Pryor is great. I've heard good things about his performance. A lot of people really, really like it. And uh, I've I've only seen the first season of Supergirl. I've seen ep- like random episodes here and there, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I really enjoy it. It's it's something that I I need to watch. Um, but my backlog on TV is absolutely su- uh, nuts. So I'm. I'm uh, never going to catch up, and so... <laughs> <laughs> Even in quarantine, you're busy. I know, right? Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to work from home, and, mm-hmm. and it's still, like, you know, even though I don't have to drive a total of, like, an hour and a half, um, you know, like, 30 minutes there, 45 minutes back kind of thing, um, it's still exhausting. <laughs> to, <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's it's still one of those things where it's, like, you know, you get home, and you just want to, like, not do anything, so... Oh, yeah. Well, you get home. Right. I guess. I guess I leave my office, and then I don't want to do anything. But, but you, yeah. you step out of your room, and then you go and be like, "All right, I'm gonna go to bed." Yeah, it, it's time <laughs> to go into another room and sit yeah. there for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so Sarah having this new new found power kind of brings us into this next episode, mm-hmm. um, where she is unconscious for the uh, beginning of it, and then she regains her consciousness, and she is. Um, this was this was after the loom explodes is is when she regains consciousness. Correct. Yeah. So let's talk about that first. So we so we get the we get the loom back. Uh, Charlie's going to try and do it. There's a little bit of argument over who to bring back first, mm-hmm. whether they want to bring back Bayrod or Astrid. And we have uh, Constantine siding with Astrid or or and uh, Nate and Zari obviously siding together to bring back Bayrod. Mm-hmm. And Charlie being the tiebreaker there, she says, "I'm going to try to bring back Bayrod," but. Obviously, there's complications here it's because Bayrod's a time traveler. Um, there is a version of him where he died years ago, mm-hmm. and it's very, very difficult, and Charlie can't do it, and so there's this big power eruption thing, and the ship's all offline, so that's fun. Uh, Which, I mean, I like the effect of the loom. Yeah, no, it was really, really neat. The um, You could see them all wearing their glasses, and they did really good jobs with the reflections in the glasses, showing mm-hmm. the... the I guess that's the tapestry of fate, right? That that it's that's coming out of there. Yeah, and then it. I thought they were. I thought it was gonna, like, I thought they were gonna have like Bayrod's body, 
be there and then them trying to reconstruct his threads but it turned out not to be like that yeah but, i mean the effects were i think a lot better than what i just said <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was where is his body and what happens i don't know <laughs> why is it did did they like use cold's gun on him to keep it like somewhat fresh or what this like, this is a, this is a very interesting question because like what happens if they when they do uh, which I'm, I'm assuming they will and again we'll speculate on that mm-hmm. uh when they do well, we already him, know that answer because if we saw like the the trailer for the rest of the season that's true that's true uh <laughs> so when they do bring it back and you know they've uh recycled his body parts for the ship's you know food um <laughs> food machine you know like what how does, does he just reappear out of nothing or do they need his body like that'll be uh, that's gonna be kind of like weird mm-hmm. Let, let's hope let's hope it doesn't require his body because who knows where it is and he might be like a zombie or something right he's just gonna appear out of nowhere now yeah yeah that that, that would be my guess i mean i figure that's probably what's <laughs> gonna happen but uh, but yeah, so but yeah, Charlie's not able to do it, um, and we have this big explosion thing, and then the ship is out of power, and this is this is where we come to um, Charlie, sorry, not Charlie. This is where we come to Sarah, uh, where we she realizes that she's blind, and mm-hmm. she also realizes that she has a crazy new power when she touches Ava and sees that Ava is going to be dead, and just doesn't say anything about it. Says it's fine. Says there's nothing here. Now, did that bother you as much as it bothered me? Uh, not really, because Sarah's always been the one to hold, to have secrets. So, I mean, and she was also still trying to figure it out, what was going on with herself. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I just, I figured being the captain of the Wave Rider, one of her jobs is to kind of be like, hey, everybody, uh, there's this really weird thing where when I touch people, I see that they're dead. Um, maybe it's a result of this, maybe it's not, but I figured that'd be something she'd want to ask the team about and talk to the team about, maybe talk to Charlie. Yeah. Or at least Charlie. Yeah. Charlie would be probably the the best person to talk to about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Charlie having firsthand experience because she used to be a fate, Mm -hmm. but no, that's, that's not at all what they do. And that's that. I don't know. It it bothered me. It bothered (laughs) me because I wanted her, uh, to get past this whole like i I don't i don't like that trope of the whole like oh i got bit by a zombie but i'm not going to tell anybody anything's wrong Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's how it felt to me yeah that stays on way too long and then you're just literally biting yourself in the ass for it right right um so so yeah and (laughs) but so we we have this going on uh we're not quite sure i i I didn't know i want to ask you this did you feel like this might have been some kind of um thread they were going to continue to follow throughout the rest of the season or did you feel like this is going to be like a one-off episode thing oh no i think they are going to continue on with it i don't think it'll be for the entire season um but i or the remainder of the season i think it'll be maybe one or two episodes more and then they'll and then uh she'll be fine again yeah maybe a little speculation but well, as far as like, yeah. I, I guess, because what I was wondering is the the death the, the deaths that she was seeing. I didn't know if that was going to be like a future episode thing. I didn't realize that they were going to try and pay that off this episode in with with like a bottle episode kind of thing. Right. Um. So that was that was a surprise to me. Like I I thought these were going to be you know future events. 
not this episode events, right? I mean, it would have been it would have been like nice to see something that happened in the like something that was main like for the future, but it didn't pan out that way. Like yeah. something maybe to see how how the rings work, not how the rings work, but how they like maybe there's some um bad juju when they bring back <laughs> yeah yeah but it, it seems like, like he is a zombie <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah but it seems like there's some kind of limit on that power where it can only see mm-hmm. so far in the future and and that's what wasn't clear to me uh from the get-go is that i thought that perhaps these were going to be uh events in later episodes not events later in this episode and yeah. of course the events that she's seeing are all a result of our good old friend gary oh gary man this guy this guy cannot not screw up Cannot catch a break. Yeah, yeah, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> the writers really have it in for him. Uh, they do, but he's still. I like Gary. I, I mean, know. I like I like Gary for him being who he is. Yeah, but I know everyone else is just like, oh, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gary's like, you know, he's a little breath of fresh air even every now and again uh, mm-hmm. when you have some more serious stuff going on. It's always it's always fun to have like you know a, a comic relief guy, especially when he's a ginormous idiot. <laughs> but uh, when they were in hell last. Gary saw a cute little puppy and thought it would be a great idea just to, to adopt a puppy from hell. Um, I don't I don't know why anyone would ever think anything remotely close to that would be a good idea, but... It doesn't make any sense, especially seeing one that was in hell. Yeah, it's Gary, but I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this, is, this is Gary's new emotional support dog. And what I find hilarious about it uh, is that... Gary seemed to be unaffected by the uh, what do we want to call it? The, the dog was a hellhound that that told Son of Sam who to kill and stuff like that, right? Correct. Yeah. Um. And and it's hilarious to me that like Gary that had no effect on Gary. Gary was like, yeah, he kept mentioning something about Son of Sam, but you know, ah, whatever. <laughs> maybe I hate I hate to say it, but maybe it's because Gary is so just out of it that it just. It just didn't infect, affect him as much as everyone else. Yeah, or or perhaps it has something to do with the person. You know, Sarah has a dark mm-hmm. a dark past, right? And um, so she might be susceptible to those kinds of things. Uh, well, Nate really doesn't, and he's the one that broke the food replicator and then was going to kill both Charlie and Zari. That is true. That is true. Um, so never mind, scratch that. I think it's just that, <laughs> that Gary's a complete idiot and just doesn't listen to the voices in his head. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it turns out that uh, the, the the team casts suspicion immediately on Astrid because she is the new arrival and just mm-hmm. so happens the ship goes out of you know commission while she's there. So they, they capture her and they put her in the little, like, uh, what do they call it, the podium? Pedestal? Ped- yeah, something like that. Something like that. It, it's their... Brig. Yeah, they're, they're a little brig that they have there, which has no chairs in it. Like, that's what I don't understand. There's no chairs. At least there's no. Again, the brig doesn't have a bathroom. There's only one bathroom on the wave rider. That is true. That is true. Like, at least all the magical creatures when they're imprisoned in the uh, time bureau, they had like, you know, places to sit and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much in this brig. So I wonder, like, how messy that would have gotten with Marie Antoinette staying there for as long as she did. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Or I don't know, maybe maybe people from hell don't have to use the facilities anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully we'll never have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, 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 the evil hell dog is, is finally revealed. And uh, 
it's uh, it, after their initial suspicions are on Astrid, it's revealed that no, the hell dog was getting them to destroy the ship. And mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing this is more of old Zari coming on to new Zari because new Zari was using the security cameras to kind of like hack everything. And, and um, it was last episode that Zari mentioned that old Zari was in the totem and would protect her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also got to see her use her powers. Do you think this is something um, that's more truth or, or is this more Zari? figuring out how to use a totem on her own. Um, I think this is new Zari figuring out how to do everything on her own. Um, and also a little bit of the, uh, temporal repercussion of Hey world coming through. Yeah. Which is how she can still hack. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I would say. I, I don't think it's Zari and the totem projecting herself out onto new Zari. Yeah. And, and this is something we've asked multiple times uh, on this show. And, and it just, I, I, I don't know because every time it kind of seems like there might be a merger of the Zaris or mm-hmm. maybe there won't be. And um, I don't know this one with, with Zari saying that that's the first time we've kind of had a confirmation that, that perhaps that is what's going on is that there, there are two separate things and that, one is teaching the other how to do these things, and there might not be a merger. It's just we're going to have old Zari in the totem and new Zari outside the totem. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. But that'll, that'll, be, that'll be one to kind of watch and, and see what happens with that. Because, you know, again, we have this love triangle thing that's going on. It could be a love square or love rectangle, depending <laughs> on what they do with Zari. So there's that kind of, like, open thread, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so eventually they end up, uh, you know, the, the, the hellhound gets loose and tries to kill, um, uh, Mick and Mick's daughter. And we'll talk about them in just a second, but, uh, it's Astrid to the rescue. Astrid knows the, the demon's name and therefore John Constantine is able to banish him back to hell, which that's a, that's a animation we hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, did you notice the the scene at, uh, from ancient Egypt from the last episode at the very beginning? I'm pretty sure that was from season one. I, it looked a lot. It looked like the same establishing shot that they used. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that was the same establishing shot, and it's kind of funny because they also mention uh, Vandal Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Asher looks at 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 um the soul coin that she has around her neck, and it's not Constantine. She looks at it and then it goes. Who the hell is Vandal Savage? Yeah. yeah her- <laughs> Which I'm like, he's still relevant. Yeah. <laughs> All these years and he's still relevant. You know, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess he was kind of the start of the show. So, you know, you got to gotta give him something. Uh, he, yeah. made, he made friends with Ray Palmer in Hell, which is hilarious. Jenga! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they, they banished the, the dog back to Hell. And then now uh, Charlie is able to talk. Uh, to Sarah and kind of, I guess, give her a rundown of, of, of what's happening. Now she has this foresight ability, and mm-hmm. we don't, we still don't know really uh, how that's going to do. It, just from from watching this episode, um, it, it doesn't seem like she has the ability to see very far into the future, um, which is a question that I had. You know, with, with the events that she was seeing, if they were going to be like deaths that were foretold or or what, and it, it right. seems like they're not you know, far future events or anything like that, obviously in this, in this particular case. Um, but, uh, the, the most important story of the, of this episode was clearly Mick and his daughter. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was, I mean, 
there was a lot of uh, character development with um, Lita and Mick in this episode, and I like that. I it, it got him to do more than just brute around and shoot stuff. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he, was, he was trying to be a father because, as he said in in the episode, I mean, he's he's like, I killed my parents. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's so refreshing to see some actual character development with Mick uh, after mm-hmm. you know it feels like two seasons where he hasn't really done too much. Yeah, and just brood around, go. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just just grunt and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, so it's like you know he he's going out, he misses the soccer match because of you know shenanigans in hell, mm-hmm. um, which is ironic because his daughter told him to go to hell and he actually did. Uh, <laughs> But then he shows her the wave rider and brings her <laughs> aboard, which is which is really interesting. And so she gets to see kind of like a taste of, of what's been going on. And and I'm guessing this is going to what's be what helps her reconcile the fact that he wasn't there all the time, that he was traveling around time saving the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's there I feel like there's going to be some kind of um, uh, I guess forgiveness on her part, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they end up and they, they go around. She's got a history test. And so they bring in Nate to kind of like give her, you know, a history lesson and whatnot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and she seems to like kind of have, I don't know if it was a crush or like some, she was impressed with him or whatnot. But um, I think she's impressed with Nate or just someone that's not Mick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an, an adult who's not an adult male who's not her dad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. I doubt it. But um, uh, I, uh, too young. Yeah, Definitely for sure, for sure. Not gonna happen. Well, she she's in college or high school. Uh, I think she's. Let's see, two thousand four. She's no, she's sixteen. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, way too young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so we have um this one scene where they go into Mick's room and they see all the all the money in there, and this is where you kind of see her eyes light up, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is where they have this one moment where they kind of bond on a thing that they are both interested in, which is like making lots of money and stealing and stuff. <laughs> well, or, or like learning how to use money. Yeah. 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 Cause like, like investing it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's bad. Yeah. And, and she was all talking about going back and investing in the stock market. And then I'm like, well, maybe invest after the, you know, 1929 collapse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make, make money on the back end of that for sure. Um, but yeah, this this upsets Mick, which is which is again another moment of character building on his part where he sees her excitement in that and it troubles him. It worries him because he doesn't want her to go down the same path that that he did. Um and I <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, you know, they they're sitting there and he won't give her the beer and she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. now you follow the law." And she reads that <laughs> or he reads that little line where he's talking about the flash like some some dude in uh leather was too the fast. life of a criminal is is a life of misery. I've spent years in jail thanks to some red leather freak. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Which I'm like, you know who it is. I know, <laughs> but she doesn't, and so right. yeah, you know, villains villains got to keep the the secret, you know, amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's fair. But it, it was it was cool to kind of see them still sort of um, get some kind of progression in their characters like there's stuff moving forward and and uh and and i think now it's time for some speculation it's 
So, I'm going to start this little speculation bit off uh, with what we were just talking about, and that's Mick and his daughter. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, I know we've, we've talked about this numerous times, and they're giving so much time to Mick and his daughter that I can't help but feel this for one of two reasons. One is that they want to complete Mick's storyline so that they can give him a graceful exit from the show and an ending that would be satisfactory to viewers. And two, they're going to bring his daughter on to the show as a character. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Uh, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? I could see them trying to bring her onto the show. Um, because that's apparently what the CW likes to do is overcrowd these, these <laughs> shows now. Yes. As we see with flash and what, um, arrow did in their last couple seasons. Um, but I mean, with, with legends, they have they have done a really good job of giving everyone something to do in their with their story. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because it's it like is. you know, legends used to be the show where you took all the extra characters from other shows and put them on, and now they've mm-hmm. gotten so many of their other shows and they've gotten their own fan bases and their own popularity that now they're kind of doing the same thing that the other shows are doing to begin with. And that is like branching out and getting new characters. Granted. We did just lose uh, probably two of my favorite characters on the show, and that's uh, you know Ray and uh, Nora. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they worked really well; they had great chemistry. Um, and so maybe maybe they're trying to fill a void. I don't know. It it it's interesting because we only have the two original cast members left, and that is Sarah and Mick. And so mm-hmm. if we lost another one, that would be kind of a shame. And so if they didn't want to lose Mick and they wanted to give him more stuff to do. Bringing his daughter on would be a great idea to do that. Cause we get to build both of their characters together and give him more stuff to do. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to watch a guy like Mick Roy try to learn how to be a dad on a time traveling, you know, uh, a ship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause, cause he would, pr- if he screws up, he'd probably go back in time to try and fix it. Yeah. And that but could, it that, wouldn't work out that well. <laughs> yeah. It never, it never does. Uh, and so we'll have to see about that, but it, it seems interesting to me how much effort and time they're putting into these storylines. And I, I hope it's to, um, give Mick more stuff to do and not necessarily to, you know, get him off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I guess we'll have to see, you know, we got four more episodes left of this season and, uh, hopefully within that we'll have kind of more of an idea of, of what's going to go. And, and if there's any more, you know, news, uh, about the castings and things like that and whether or not characters are staying on that might be coming out here pretty soon or that might be over the hiatus i don't know uh, i have a feeling it'll probably be over the hiatus and because yeah. i don't even know how they're going to be ending yeah because i mean if they bring back ash's mom and bayrod what's left to do with the loom right yeah the loom's kind of done with uh unless they destroy it again yeah. and um and and also there there's i i guess i well they they did mention that if they bring him back with the loom it won't change time right mm-hmm. okay so then there won't be any repercussions from that and then charlie is kind of i mean what does she do then right i mean yeah. well have her on again <laughs> yeah 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 i mean they'll, they'll probably give her a new role she'll be like the wells of uh <laughs> of the legends <laughs> team <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, speaking of people coming and going and, and, and staying on the ship, uh, we have a new character who joined the crew, it seems, at least, you know, maybe maybe temporarily, maybe not. Um, what do you think about Astrid? Do you think, you know, once they get her mom back, is that going to be the completion of her storyline? Or will she stay along uh, on the ship and, and, and perhaps replace Charlie? No, I definitely, I think once they get Astrid's mom back, that's the, that's the end of her story. And it will fulfill john's um guilt with getting astra into hell uh because technically i mean he's he did his part he's she's out of hell right now yeah but not true. in the not in the correct way that he wanted to right but yeah no i think once astra's mom is back she's gonna go on to live her own life and do her own thing i don't think she's gonna be staying on the ship okay now, this also brings up some interesting questions about Constantine, because as you said, getting Astrid's mother back would, you know, prevent her um, from from going to hell and all this kind of stuff. And that would kind of free up Constantine and sort of like be a solution to his guilt, the problems that he mm-hmm. has. Do you feel like he will then no longer have a place on the Wave Rider or um, will he be at peace with himself and no longer, you know, desire to be on there? Where do you think? Uh, I'm sure he's got other demons that he's still has to take care of. I, I think he will, he'll still be along for the ride. Um, but not, I mean, he'll, it's ah, the best way to say this. He'll still be there, but he'll still be there, but he'll, he'll be more at peace with himself when he eventually goes. Yeah. It'll be like a new Constantine kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I, I hope that's, that's the way they do it. Um, I, you know, he'll be, uh, you know, he can still be his same brooding dower self, but he won't have the same guilt complex that he has. Right. And maybe that'll, that'll like, you know, choose his decisions differently. But I agree with you. He's, you know, he's, he's been a warlock for a very, very long time. So he's probably got a, a wide and long list of enemies, um, to keep him, you know, on the ship and, and stuff for them to explore. And I really, really, really hope they don't get rid of him. Cause I like Constantine on the show. I do too. And I think the magic is really neat because like we have, um, with Flash, we have metahumans. Uh, with Arrow and uh, Batwoman, we have humans with tech. Uh, with Supergirl, we have um, Superman and like the whole kind of and aliens. Superman, yeah, like, I, I guess aliens would be the thing there, but it's kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird. He is an alien. Superman and Supergirl are both aliens, but metahumans versus extraterrestrial godlike beings versus mm-hmm. tech. We don't have a magic representative. You know, and magic is a big part of the DC, um, the DC <laughs> <laughs> magic is a big part of DC. And, uh, I, I, I think he just fits so well on the wave rider. I like the magic aspect of it. Um, it, it's, it's a refreshing kind of break from the metahuman or the super like Uber Minch kind of, uh, characters mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and, and, and the tech based, uh, characters. And so, yeah, I, I really don't want to see him go. So I, I hope he doesn't, um, but yeah, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Sarah's newfound sight. It seems like it's kind of short term, but uh, I, I I can't help but feel like they're going to expand on that, and it's going to be a tool that they're going to be using. Um, but for how long? And that that's that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. Now you, you mentioned something about her getting her sight back because of the uh, the the later preview later episode season preview, correct? Right, yeah. I mean, the one where they're um, spoofing Star Trek. She doesn't have the whites in her eyes. It's, well, this is good. 
Oh yeah, th- th- this is true. I-, I had forgotten about that, but that could be another that could be like something else. Yeah, right. It could be like a, a, a you know magical like I. Those are the most fun bottle episodes for me in this mm-hmm. show, and I-, I can't wait for that one. Is that one next week or is that? Uh, you know, next week they are going back to college. I think to Nate's college. Oh, okay. Um. So I mean, for next week's or episode, it's freaks and geeks, freaks and Greeks. Oh, okay. So it's a take on freaking freaks and geeks, which is an awesome show if you haven't watched mm-hmm. it, by the way. Uh, but it doesn't look like it has anything to do with that Star Trek ripoff. I have a feeling it might have something to do. Oh no! Uh, two episodes later, the one where we're trapped on TV. <laughs> that's not that's like a the lot of one fun. where they're gonna have like Mister Parker's cul de sac come back. Okay, and um, the Star Trek ripoff. Nice, nice. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. So, but again, we, that doesn't really give us any indication. I mean, she could be uh, fixed by then. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that's got to be something that's going to be carried to the season finale because you don't just like get hit by you know a god's true form and just recover immediately. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there's going to be something that's going to have to do with the loom or with the, you know, the, the, the big bad fight in the end, but I just don't know what it is. And it, there haven't been a lot of clues about that to kind of really tell. So who knows? We shall see. Um, but another thing, speaking of, uh, uh, returning to normal and bringing things back. Um, I feel like the next use of the loom, un- unless, unless there's an episode coming up, which kind of like mucks with everything, when they use the loom incorrectly, I feel like, you know, the, the finale is going to have a, a use of the loom, but I don't know if they're going to bring back Zari or sorry. I don't know if they're going to bring back Bayrod or bring back, um, Astrid's mom, maybe both. Who knows? Uh, do you think that they'll bring back Bayrod or bring back Astrid's mom or both? Well, I, I honestly, what, um, what Astrid said about bringing back her mom first made sense so i could i could actually see them bringing her mom back first and then bayrod because of how much work it would be to bring back bayrod yeah i could see that too i think that makes sense because um, when she because even though she was trying to manipulate zari i'm like that makes a lot of sense i could yeah. see them doing it like that and and it also kind of takes the fight away from and the story away from uh, Astrid, and we give her a completion of her storyline, mm-hmm. and then we focus the rest of the season on, on fighting. The fates. Yes, on the fates, exactly. Um, so yeah, that could be that could be an avenue for them to kind of complete Astrid's storyline without having to, uh, you know, fight her as the big bad because she wouldn't be a big bad anymore, mm-hmm. and the encore problem would be solved, and then we can focus on the sisters. So. Yeah, you might be right about that. They, she might be right about getting her mom back first, and they can do that, and it'll be easier. And then, obviously, some shenanigans are going to happen to prevent them from using it again. And, um, but I feel like they're going to bring bring back Bayrod. But my question about that is, is that going to impact anything with Old Zari? Are we? Are they? It's. Like, I don't know. Like, is Nate going to like hijack the loom and try to get Old Zari back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think that. He's he's trying to work with this Zari, um, so I think we'll I I think we'll be with this the new Zari for a little bit longer now, or maybe even for the rest. Yeah, like I get the feeling what we're gonna happen with what's gonna or at least what's gonna happen with old Zari and Nate is that they're gonna go on another spirit journey. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nate's going to join them. Nate's going to have his goodbye to old Zari, and then he's going to like rekindle whatever with new Zari. Yeah, I, I that that feels like it makes the most sense to me. So I I, I don't know. Um, but another question, and and I feel like we we may have kind of answered this already with just what we talked about Astrid. But you know, there was the deal on the table for Astrid to become one of the Fate Sisters, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I could, if, oh, sorry, if, if Charlie actually needs three people to, like, use the Loom of Fate, I could see Charlie, Astra, and Sarah be the three new Fates. Ooh, that would be interesting. Because, uh, I mean, she's already a Paragon, she's already been hit by a god, so... And as the and Astra's and as Astra said, she was being groomed to be a fate. That's right. So yeah, I could see because Charlie already is a, is a, and maybe that's what they do to like to to beat them in the end is they take their mm-hmm. place. Yeah, and then they destroy the loom so they don't have to be forced to do that all the time, and then everything continues on as normal. Correct. Except for they all have magical powers now. Maybe who knows? Yeah, yeah, and Sarah will. Blast people and make them uh, <laughs> melt them from the inside out. Melt them from the inside out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's that would be. I didn't even think about that. That's actually a really, really good point there. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. So I'm going to pin that down because I think I think you may be onto something there. Um, I hope I am. It, it probably won't happen, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. I like it too. Uh, but yeah, anything else? Any other musings or uh, speculations about these uh, these two episodes? No, no. I mean, I think. I think we dwelled on it long enough. I think, I think so too, because it's I think time it's time to get to our favorite part. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's most definitely time for for my favorite part of the show, at least, and that is mix quote of the week. It's the mix quote of the week. All right, we have uh, a lot of options because Mick has had more screen time in these last two episodes than like I don't know the the, the rest of the, the the earlier part of the season, so. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we got a couple here. So, Kyle, why don't you narrow them down, it seems. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and read us the list? Gladly. She told me to go to hell. Where are we going? You folded like a cheap deck of cards, you punk. Listen. Sorry I didn't make her thing last week. I was stuck in hell. The life of a criminal is a life of misery. I spent years in jail thanks to some red leather freak so fast that I couldn't... <laughs> I don't know. I liked I liked the first one. And she told me to go to hell. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, I like this too. As soon as as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be it. <laughs> yeah, e- either that or number three. The the listen. Sorry, I didn't make your thing last week. I was stuck in hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but between those two, which one? Which one do you think? Uh I I like. She told me to go to hell. <laughs> I I think so too. All right, take it away for this week's Mick quote of the week. She told me to go to hell. Where are we going? <laughs> and there you have it, folks. My favorite portion of the show, and that's mixed quote of the week. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we don't have any news yet because not a lot has come out uh, about what's going to happen next season because everything's so delayed. Mm-hmm. But again, if we do get a wealth of information um, later on after the hiatus, uh, we'll we'll probably put together an episode and let you guys know and uh, kind of speculate on on what we think is going to happen. Uh, because it's going to be interesting. Uh, lots of shows, not just CW shows, are facing the same kind of thing. So TV is going to be really weird next year, I think. Exactly. 
Same thing with sports. Sports are going to be really weird le- uh, uh, next year. Um, I mean, the only like sport that's going on right now is wrestling. <laughs> uh, Taiwanese baseball. Taiwanese baseball. Yes. Uh, Taiwanese. Want to stay up until midnight? If you want to stay up, watch it at midnight, and then your sleep schedule is screwed for the rest of the week. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I hear good things though. But I, the hockey season supposedly is thinking about coming back uh, and playing into the summer, which which would be crazy. Mm-hmm. So and I mean baseball, they're talking about going to like doing it at Arizona during the hottest parts of the year. Oh wow, perfect. Yeah that that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. We don't know what's going on, but as soon as we do, we will let you know. And uh, unfortunately, though, it looks like we're out of time. But if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel the time stream, here's how: you can follow the show on Twitter at Legends Talk TV. That's Legends Talk TV. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ring That Bell, spelled B-E-A-L-L. Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleCrosley89. You can also listen to me on the Atomic Geekdom podcast. And you can follow Will on Twitter at WR Benson. Uh, you can also listen to him on the Planes Talkers Magic podcast. Yeah, it's a really good show. They do a lot of uh, live stuff as well, so be sure to check that out. Uh, but also, if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at legendstvtalk at gmail.com. And uh, we weren't live this week because we had Will out, and Will has a lot of our uh, live stuff that we do, and so unfortunately we couldn't be live then. But uh, when we are live, we will let you know, and it's this season it's been all but like, I don't know, we've been pretty consistent this season, I will yeah. say that. Uh, but our, our live hasn't been as consistent, but we're working on it and, and we appreciate you guys' patience. But when we do go live, we'll let you know on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But you can see us live at facebook.com slash Legends TV Talk. And if you like this show, check out some of the other shows from the TV Talk.fm network, such shows as Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, Star Wars, Tolkien, and more. And while you're at it, check us out on iTunes and give us a review and we'll read them on the show. And don't forget, you can download all of the TV Talk podcasts on Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And special thanks to Charlie Bach for creating the music for our bumps. You can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And, of course, a shout-out to our sound engineer slash editor slash producer, Andy Barksdale. He's the guy who makes it sound so pretty and who makes Kyle not sound like he's yelling into a 10-gallon bucket. Find more at AndyRobotAudio.com. As always, you stay classy, you idiots. Tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here?